0: Hey guys, I'm Stephanie Wallace, and this is Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System. Independence Radio is a series of conversations with members of the RCS community about issues of health care and independent living for people with disabilities and older adults. I don't know about you, but I don't like being in the hospital. Some people, though, have a hard time staying out. Did you know that most hospital readmissions are preventable? My guest today, Stephanie Reynolds, is director of Transitions at ICS. I spoke to Stephanie about how her team helps ICS members after they get out of the hospital and helps keep them out and in their homes and community where they belong. Enjoy. Can you please explain to us what Transitions is?
1: The transitions team helps members to have a smooth discharge by making sure that any needed services or supports are in place when the member is ready to go home from the hospital or from the skilled nursing facility.
0: Okay, and how do you go about coordinating that or doing that?
1: Well, the first thing is we need to know that someone is actually in the hospital and a lot of times we don't hear about that until the member is ready to go home, at which point it's very difficult for us to sometimes scramble and make sure that everything is in place. What I would like to emphasize is that any member who ends up in the hospital, please have someone call us, have the aid report to their agency, have Uh, family member call or have a social worker and the hospital call. Make sure that you also let the hospital and the social worker know that you're an ICS member and that you need your services resumed and they need to call us and let us know that you're in the hospital.
0: Okay, so at what point should ICS be notified?
1: as soon as the member is admitted, we should be notified because you know, this is also a really stressful time for the members and we want to be able to support them during that time and, and be an advocate for them as well.
0: Okay, once you, once you know that they are um, in the hospital, admitted to the hospital, what happens then?
1: Well, we work with the hospital to coordinate the discharge and make sure that whatever services and supports are in place. So. We make sure that the home care services are restarted. If there are additional services that are needed, we make sure that we advocate for those services to be put in place. And we also see whether uh, we make sure that a member also gets a visit from an ICS nurse after the hospitalization as well.
0: Okay, so they get the visit at home? At home. So as a consumer, I'm going into the hospital. I let ICS know as soon as... I know I'm being admitted to the hospital, Uh, upon my discharge there's some coordination going on with ICS and the hospital. Yes. Okay. I get home and then an ICS nurse comes to visit. Yes. And how long after I get home does the ICS nurse come to visit?
1: Generally it's no more than a week.
0: Okay. So if within that week's time there, it needs to be a change in the amount of home care i require let's say my uh my situation becomes more serious how does that go
1: well that is something hopefully we would be able to identify before the member is ready to be discharged home so that we can put those services in place before the nurse even comes to the home we can temporarily increase the home care services for that period of time until the nurse evaluates the member and makes a decision about how long to continue those increased services, whether this is a short period of time of just another week or two of additional services or whether this is a permanent change. Okay,
0: I see. After the the nurse visits and, you know, if any adjustments in home care uh, needs to be made. Now, like we're, we're in the transition team and we're trying not to go back into the hospital. How do we educate this consumer as to how to keep themselves out of the hospital?
1: So most hospitalizations, well, re-hospitalizations, are possibly avoidable. And there are really three main things that a member would need to do to make sure that they stay out of the hospital. The first is making sure that they see their primary care provider at least once or twice a year, if not more often. And also within seven days of being discharged home from the hospital. They should also take their medications as prescribed and know what signs and symptoms indicate that a chronic medical condition that they have might be getting worse.
0: Okay. Now, as a a, um, person who's been in the hospital before, I'm going to be honest with you, once you come out of the hospital, you kind of don't want to see doctors. and all. You're like, okay, I'm fine, I'm home, you know. And you don't really want, a lot of people don't follow up with that one week. I am notoriously guilty of not follow. If I feel fine, I don't go, Right. you know. And so please stress how important that is for a patient coming out of the hospital to do that follow-up visit.
1: So when you're in the hospital, you're in a very controlled environment. They control the medications that you're taking, they're controlling what you're eating they're controlling in a way how much exercise you're even able to get, how much you're able to move around. When you go home, it's a completely different story. So whatever works in the hospital might not work in the home because if your blood sugar is high and you're in the hospital and you're getting a very strict diet and you're getting medications to keep your blood sugar under control, when you go home and your diet is not as ideal as it could be, your medications might need to be Increased so that your blood sugar stays level.
0: All right. That's that's a very good point. Um, what what are some of the pitfalls I'll I'll call them, of, of patients or consumers or whatever, that come home besides like one of the things you just stress was uh, very important and things that we don't think about about that controlled environment versus um, the freedom of home. Right. Well, um, what are some other pitfalls that patients uh, fall into?
1: Well. Something that commonly happens is that members go home and they didn't fully understand what their doctors or what their nurses educated them about in the hospital. And they see asking questions about that almost as a sign of weakness. They shouldn't think that this is a sign of weakness. It's actually better to say, I don't understand, and make sure that you go home with a good grasp of what happened, why you were in the hospital, and how you can prevent it from happening again.
0: You you mentioned like people feel a little uncomfortable saying that they don't understand. I think perhaps another problem is sometimes when people talk to you a lot, you, you do understand what they're talking about, but sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other. You, yes. You, have, has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. Where it's like, I know that you said, and, and it's just like, What did he say? You know, by the time you get home. And so it's very important that you don't feel, there's no feeling foolish when it comes to your medical health. No. There's no feeling foolish, and you shouldn't uh, feel embarrassed in any way to, say, clarify something.
1: Right, something. you can always ask for a visiting nurse to come out to the home to provide some additional education Mm -hmm. and training. The other thing that I recommend to the members is have someone come with you to a doctor's appointment, particularly if you have difficult decisions that might need to be made. Because if you hear 50% of what the doctor is saying and the other person who's with you understands 50%, maybe the two of you understand 75%. So it's always good to have an extra person there with you.
0: Um, One of the things that I want to touch on, patient attitude towards towards things. I'm a very proud woman. And so a, a lot of times, things like you said, like have someone come with you. Uh, I'll give you an example. My daughter, if she was to come to a medical appointment with me to hear what the doctor says, she hears, we. it's two totally different things. She becomes like a sergeant after she hears what the doctor says. And she wants to all of a sudden, you know, put me on this regimen and mommy do this and mommy do that and mommy do that. And so sometimes you may shy away from other people being involved in in your medical care. But us being a community of people with disabilities trying to maintain our independence, you know, that's sometimes a very slippery slope. You know, to walk having somebody else in that, in that with you. Is there anything that ICS or um, maybe your department has in, in terms of education and educating um, consumers about their attitudes towards you know towards healthcare, uh, you know the things that we've been that we've been talking about, making sure you understand your doctor and things like that, because I think that's where a lot of things go awry. Our attitudes, a lot of times, you know, prevent us from taking your advice.
1: You also, when, when you ask someone to come with you to the doctor's office, you also want to make sure that you know who's coming with you. So maybe your daughter might not necessarily right, right, be the right, right. person to come with you. Maybe there's a neighbor or a friend that mm-hmm. could come with you instead. The other possibility is if you don't want to bring someone with you, maybe have your daughter help you write out a set of questions. Mm-hmm that you would want to have the doctor answer so that you have something with you that you can look on and make sure that you touch upon all of those points because generally, as soon as you're in the doctor's office and you see the white coat, all of your questions go straight out the window. Just like everything the doctor says goes in one ear yes. and most of it goes out the other one. Yes. You,
0: you, you feel, I think you get a little intimidated when, you, when, you, when you're sitting in front of a doctor. You 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 get a little intimidated. Uh, you you kind of feel like judged. You know, even if the doctor isn't judging you, you feel judged. You know, because the doc you you you're kind of assuming. You know, like you should be doing the right thing. This doctor knows you should be doing the right thing, and why aren't you doing the right thing? How did you get into this situation? You know, so I think that and that goes into patients' attitudes.
1: Actually, I wanted to just touch base, uh, touch on something else, which is the medications. So that is something else that you need to be honest about. When you go to the doctor and you're not taking your medications exactly as it's prescribed, you need to let the doctor know that you're not taking it exactly as prescribed. Whether you're taking more or taking it less or not taking it one day, skipping a couple of days, let the doctor know. Because when, you are taking medications for let's say high blood pressure. The doctor expects that when you've been taking this for a certain amount of time that your blood pressure is going to be lower at the next visit. If you don't take the medication because it's making you feel sleepy or it's making you feel groggy and you go to the doctor and you don't tell him that you're not taking it, he's just going to increase the dose ...of the medication, which is no help to you, and it's no help to him.
0: Right, and he's increasing so, it because he thinks you're taking what he asks you to take, and wow, you're taking the medicine. It's still not working. Your, your blood pressure is still sky high, so here, you need more. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Or then they send you for tests because all of a sudden, oh, this medication isn't working. Why isn't it working for you? Let me send you to this specialist right. and that specialist and get XYZ tests done. So you're actually really not doing yourself a favor right. by not being honest. And it's important. It's so, so, so important to to let the doctors know about that.
0: Well, we can't change the, the medical system, but I think a lot of times if um, had I, I've had the attitude of, oh, had I known, like what you just explained, had I known, then I would have... Uh, maybe, you know, cooperated or let the doctor know or something like that. So in retrospect it's it's always like had I known. But um first I'm sorry, first we want to let ICS know. Yes. As they're being admitted. Or yes. even if you have a scheduled hospitalization. Absolutely let yeah. ICS know. Now this is the had I known part. We want to let ICS know because
1: we want to be able to make sure that your home care services are in place, that you don't need an increase in your home care services when you go home. We want to make sure that we're advocating for you to get any additional services that you might need in the home to keep you home.
0: Okay, so in essence, what we're saying is that you want to let ICS know, because you're not magic. ICS is not magic. You know, so when I come out, why aren't my services in order? We have to know, ICS has to know, in order to coordinate those services and get them in order. Yes. Now, as far as visiting the PCP, seven days, within seven days, why is that so important?
1: Because with the controlled environment of the hospital and the more, I think you called it the freedom of, of home, things change and the the doctor should reevaluate you and make sure that the medications that you are taking in the hospital are still working for you at home.
0: Okay. And as far as making sure you understand your discharge plan. Yes. Why is that so important?
1: Because it'll help prevent you from going back into the hospital. So understand, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions about why you were hospitalized, what you can do to prevent going back into the hospital. Make sure that you see your doctor Make sure that you take your medications or let your doctor know if you're having side effects, if something is making you feel worse, or even if something is making you feel so much better that you don't think you need to take it anymore. Let the doctor know about that. And also ask about what signs and symptoms you can look out for that could indicate that trouble is brewing. A lot of times, especially when you have a chronic problem, there will be small warning signs that you can look out for that'll tell you something is not quite right. And you shouldn't just take something over the counter and say, oh, I'll just do this and I'll probably feel better. And then three or four days go by, you keep feeling worse. And then you end up in the emergency room Mm -hmm. and generally end up in the hospital. If you start feeling certain signs and symptoms, uh, let's say if you have a chronic respiratory issue like asthma, if you notice that your cough is getting worse or you're getting more short of breath, call your doctor, let your doctor know that you're having these symptoms so that the doctor can see you and maybe prescribe something while you're home. Or if you have Medicare, you can also go to an urgent care center and be seen right away within maybe 15 minutes, half an hour, rather than waiting for three, four hours in the emergency room.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, I just wanted—I didn't know that. Um, is this anybody who has Medicare, or, or do you have to have Medicare, Medicaid, or... Medicare. And you could just go to an urgent care center? Yes. Wow. Good information.
1: Yes. Um, it's it's much more comfortable sitting in the waiting room for 15 minutes than sitting for four hours or six hours on a cold, hard gurney. Wow.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Also... Um, Medications. We, you spoke about medications, making sure that you let your doctor know whether you are taking your medications as prescribed or if you've made any changes. Why is that so important?
1: Because the doctor will not know how to adjust the medications if they don't know that you're not taking it. So they need to know that the medication is working or isn't working for you. They need to know whether you're having side effects from the medication so that they can maybe try something else or change the dose a little bit.
0: And as far as um, follow-up, after you're out at the hospital and you have had your visit from the ICS nurse within a a week, after that, is there any follow-up with the care and with the patient?
1: So with some members, we send out a transitions nurse who will go to the home and, and do the same thing that an ICS nurse would do But the transitions nurse would then also do a couple of follow-up phone calls afterwards. And these are really for the members that are at highest risk of, of going back into the hospital. The other service that we have is we have senior aides. Senior aides are specially trained home care workers who have received additional training in signs and symptoms of chronic illnesses. So that they can educate both the member as well as the home care worker about what signs and symptoms to observe and report. If they notice something, let's say somebody is developing a urinary tract infection or asthma like I spoke about earlier, there are certain warning signs and helping the home care worker as well as the member learn to identify those problems as early as possible. Again, so that they can be seen by their doctor or by an urgent care center rather than going into the emergency room.
0: So, um, wrapping up, if you had a final message for consumers uh, concerning uh, staying out of the hospital or be- being readmitted into the hospital, what would your message to consumers be?
1: Well, the first, I want to reemphasize let us know if you go into the hospital. The second is, be curious. Ask questions. Ask your doctor about the medications. Ask about the conditions that you have. Ask about the signs and symptoms. Don't be afraid to ask. Okay.
0: So um, what, what I'm getting from this, and I'm going to, um, as a consumer, it is your responsibility. As a patient consumer, it's your responsibility, your health care. So make sure you take it into your own hands and uh, advocate for yourself take responsibility, ask the questions that you need to ask. Your doctor is not your parent. You won't get in trouble, you know, and uh, take care. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. That was Stephanie Reynolds, Director of Transitions at ICS. Remember, if you are an ICS member who is on Medicare, you don't have to go to an emergency room for non-life-threatening urgent care. You can go to your primary doctor or an urgent care facility like CityMD where the wait is much shorter, much more pleasant, and you may not end up in the hospital. But if you do wind up in the hospital, remember to call ICS to let them know. The number is 877-ICS-2525, and Stephanie's team will help make your transition back home as smooth as possible. You've been listening to Independence Radio, a broadcast of Independence Care System, a community-based nonprofit agency serving the Bronx, Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens and dedicated to supporting older adults and adults with physical disabilities and chronic conditions to live at home and participate fully in community life. To learn more, visit www.icsny.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Stephanie Wallace. You can catch my live talk show, Laid, Love and Intimacy for the Disabled, on Monday nights at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash laid. Bye-bye.